Hello and welcome back to Control Alt Delete. This is me, Emma Gannon, the host who interviews interesting, creative people about the internet. So today's guest is Lucy Sheridan. She is the world's first and only comparison coach. She actually came on the podcast earlier, I think last year, to talk about a book that she co-wrote with career coach Joe Westwood. The pair of them wrote a book called Higher Selfie and it was published with Hay House. The Times have said that Lucy is one of the UK's most successful coaches and she really is someone that I look to in times of crisis when it comes to um, being a bit overwhelmed by what other people are doing. And full disclaimer, she is a friend of mine and um, I think what she's doing is really powerful and really needed. So Lucy helps her clients deal with comparison. She uses the hashtag comparisonfree on social media, spreading awareness of how to find the tools to live a comparison-free life. She coaches her clients with unique and specialist coaching experiences and events. She was recently listed in the Sunday Times style in a recent article called Meet the New Wellbeing Specialists. She's been featured on amazing things like Oprah's Life Class series, Forbes, The Evening Standard and and loads more. I wanted to release this episode about comparison um, and just talk for the whole episode really about this epidemic of comparing ourselves to other people and also kind of shining a light on a conversation around what our own personal comparison triggers are because I think they're different for everyone and also how to deal when you are the trigger for someone else and they're comparing themselves to you. I think that's another vital conversation to be having right now. Also, um, we talk about online mental health. Um, Lucy is the queen of setting boundaries. I know that always sounds a bit woo-woo, but I actually spoke to Lucy about a few things I was going through and she taught me how to set some really basic boundaries in my life. And it was obvious that I wasn't really in control of them when it came to people-pleasing and being really overwhelmed with what I was saying yes to. So yeah, I think with Christmas approaching, sorry if you're listening to this at another time, that won't make sense. But it is a time, I think, when people maybe spend a little bit more time online and we've got more time to think and reflect because, you know, we're having a break. And yeah, it's easy to look at other people's lives and it's very easy to scrutinise ourselves. So I'm really happy to be sharing this episode. It's very honest and hope you enjoy it and you can find more from lucy at proofcoaching.com and you can follow her on instagram lucy sheridan thanks for listening and see you for another episode very soon here it is so you came on as a guest near the beginning when this podcast yeah, was just a back baby in the day when it was just a twinkle in everyone's eye yeah. millions and squillions of downloads <laughs> later here we are today i know and i'm so excited because this time around i just really wanted to focus on you and all of the amazing work that you've been doing you know since the very beginning but also since we last spoke mm-hmm. i feel like you really are doing something that's very niche very unique in the industry and everything's just soaring it does feel like there's definitely traction at the moment, which, you know, I, you'll know maybe as an entrepreneur, Emma, you can spend a lot of time what can feel like screaming into a vacuum. So to be having the traction and to be, you know, pick, picked up in this way and people getting it feels really good. In fact, I was in LA last week and I got spotted in a juice bar. That's a sign, isn't it? I was like, oh my God, mum. <laughs> I love that. So, so to go back to the beginning just quickly. So you made this kind of brave I guess at the time decision to quit a job to do your own thing and I just wondered 
where did these two things meet? Yeah, it's no one was more surprised than me than these two stars collided. So just to give it a bit of background, I worked for, I think it must be about 10 years in advertising and working in that brand strategy and I was responsible for a lot of research. I've always been interested in what makes people tick. That's just, I've always been like described as nosy when I was a little girl and that kind of thing. And we weren't saving lives or anything in the advertising industry, but it was a pretty gnarly environment Mm. to work in. And I developed anxiety, wasn't feeling supported, happened to be working at very political places as well. And anyone that's worked in corporate will know when politics is involved, that's another job to do. And it just was really taking its toll on me. I actually Mm -hmm. started to lose who I was and it almost felt like too late to get her back. Now, drawing back to kind of like being nosy, being a bit inquisitive, I decided to have a look at, you know, how I could try and make myself feel better. If I could think and feel my way into this quite dark place, I would describe it, could I think and feel my way out of it? And that's when I started just Googling things online and came across life coaching courses. And I thought, well, hey, you know, almost like a side project, I'll just study this and I'll just see what happens. And interestingly enough, it soon became clear that I was good at it and I thrived on it and I wanted to work, find out a way I could do more of it, which did result in me going freelance um and setting up almost like two businesses so one day I'd be wearing my brand strategy head and I'd be in like you know going to present to a board somewhere saying you know buy this company or launch this thing Mm. and then in my evenings I'd be helping like Becky and Solly Hull with you know her work-life balance for example like my life coaching clients so really started really grassroots where comparison came about was again just being a bit inquisitive I noticed whenever I chatted about comparison and especially around social media in the pub and also checking myself too with how many times I started a conversation with well I saw on Facebook or I saw on Instagram like it was the freaking news yeah. <laughs> I realized whenever I was talking about comparison everyone had an opinion everyone had something to say everyone had experience of it and also if I maybe did a little bit of blogging about it I'd see a spike and I thought hmm okay there's something in this so for 90 days I'm going to just talk about comparison it's really clever and I think I mean I know that I don't do it enough but seeing what's working yeah like you know play to your strengths totally play to your strengths and also you know coca-cola wouldn't launch a big product for example and be like it's got to be right from day one they'd launch it throw a ton of money at it and then observe stand back and tweak accordingly so I even though I was you know very much a one-man band at that time I decided just to kind of I suppose apply that to how where I was doing things and Mm -hmm. because agility and feeling agile and having freedom in my life Mm -hmm. and in my business is really important so by saying look I've got a 90 day kind of test bed here and I'm looking for signs it's going to work um I feel like I kind of took the pressure off myself and the idea a lot I never could have imagined it would Mm -hmm. have taken off for me in terms of um, the work the way it had but you know to a lot of people I'm sure we're going to say it looks like an overnight success but the business will be you know four years old on Tuesday and for a long time it really felt like no one cared no one was Mm. paying attention and that I was having to you know there's this analogy of like being a lighthouse and that just kind of stand there glued to the spot shine the light or speak the message regardless of what anyone else is doing and that took quite a bit of staying power actually and I kind of um, use the analogy of when you're kind of really you can see your dream but almost like fears in front of you and holding your stare with the fear a bit like we play staring games when we were kids and the Mm -hmm. first one to blink blink lost having to hold the stare 
with what you want while it shows itself to you, I think is such an assignment. And no one really tells you about this stuff. Like no one was writing blogs or books about this at that time, about the self-doubt that sneaks in there. What's really amazing is how, I guess, you are the uk's comparison coach like you i think i might even be the world the world i do i do say when i choose myself i say i'm the world's first and only comparison (gasps) coach that is amazing because i think when it comes to how as well i guess you've built your brand as a person seeing you do your talk at stylist last year was amazing but also just in general the platforms that you've been on to talk about this stuff you you know someone wants to talk about comparison they'll call you up and you've you've carved out this job for yourself you have such a powerful backstory to how much Mm. you because i look at you now and i think i want to compare less i'll go on lucy's website and watch her videos and pull myself out of the rut but you were in that rut yourself yeah big time comparison for me has been around since I was a little girl really I can remember early memories of comparison one of which being say five years old my brother was born and I remember thinking hmm, this is interesting like I wonder if my mum and dad love me as much as they love him now or I wonder if I'm as cute as he was or he is and that sort of thing then I went into school and you know I compare my swimming badges to other people and then got into puberty and I compare my development and then into exams and careers mm-hmm. and so on and so on so it was very present for me and I thought everyone was affected by comparison like I was but it it turns out that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. and then I went to my school reunion I guess maybe it was five or six years ago now I forget but yeah more about about five or six years ago and the things going on behind my social media feeds were really not in a great place so we thought we were going to lose our house we then did go on to lose our house my now husband but then partner's business was closing um it was horrible like the worst things we thought were going to happen did happen and we were really really struggling in lots and lots of different ways under a lot of different strains and I went to my school reunion with all that kind of happening in the background and I was in a room full of very very successful people and the day itself was really good fun you know we drank a lot of Prosecco it was great barbecue really deep you know really connected with old mates again fantastic but you know I was also noticing what was going on so there were a lot of girls there with red bottom shoes if you know what I mean and another woman left early because she had an interior designer coming in the morning I'm like what you have Mm. a you have equity b you have interior designer I was like this just feels like another world to me and my comparison from that day because like I said had a great time on the day and I really enjoyed it but the day after with all the new social media connections that came into my life I found myself in this like Las Vegas of comparison Mm. it was all singing all dancing (laughs) it was all singing it was all dancing it was bright lights and it was 24 hours as well (laughs) so considering how vulnerable I was to kind of you know basically without really knowing it looking for sticks to beat myself with that's when things got really really dark mm-hmm. and interesting it was around that time too I started going online searching for the answers like read a few self-development books wanted to take my own self-inquiry further and that's when I found the coaching mm-hmm. um qualification that's when I decided to do that as a, a side project but yeah my relationship with comparison is an ongoing one you know I even did a video about this recently which kind of said what I don't want you to know about me is that even I am the comparison coach I still experience comparison and it still feels like as toxic as it used to Mm -hmm. and I I almost describe it like a a geezer that you see on the National Geographic like hot boiling water rushing up and then rushing back down Mm -hmm. again it feels very physical for me do you catch it in any way now like do you catch it before it rises up do you have any ways that you're like gonna cut this out or do you let it happen oh well I kind of I almost ride both surfboards and why by that I mean sometimes we're like why are you on this person's thread again why are you looking at this person's instagram account put this down and go make the dinner you've been saying you would do for an hour or mm. go and 
walk the dog or go and reply to that email, whatever's the case there. Um, so it's kind of, that's almost like the quick check. But then there'll be other times when I, you know, I miss that cue and I do, you know, tumble into comparison. And then I will often let myself feel it. I'd rather let it run. A bit like, you know, when you put the wrong petrol in the car, mm-hmm. they say, don't turn on the engine. But if you do, you've got to keep it on for hours <laughs> to yeah. let it run. Yeah. I look at it like that. If I'm going to have this moment with comparison and the, the gross friends it brings with it, like jealousy and uncertainty and like knocking my self-confidence, I'd rather be kind of all in, knowing that by tomorrow it'll be gone, rather than try and... Um, fake or be in denial that I'm not in comparison mm. or turn it into like a bitchy leak mm. I'd rather be uncomfortable in like you know sit in my own hot water almost mm. for a couple of hours than pick up the phone to someone a bitch about someone else and then pass it on because yes. that's what I used to do I used to have um don't get me wrong this isn't you know this is much tame it used to be but I used to be really into gossip it used to just find me and I'd start mm. it too but I'd much rather I'd be kind of on my own and just kind of handle handle my scandal mm. um rather than spreading it on as well yeah, because yeah. I don't want it this is the thing I don't want to be that girl I know that's why I recommend checking out what you do is because it's like you package up something and like give it a label and then and then you, as the viewer, you're like, oh my God, that makes so much mm. sense. So I was telling you earlier about the moment you did that video, I think it was about when you're the trigger, when you're mm. the comparison trigger. Um, that really spoke to me because that also feels just as icky when yeah. someone says to you, you are like, I look at your Instagram and you make me feel like mm. shit because you're just living your life, but you don't realize how many people you're impacting in a positive and negative yeah. way. But there was one instance where, Um, I had someone who essentially found me so much of a trigger, like daily, um, that I guess she couldn't really be my friend. And I was wondering, what is your advice to anyone who's probably had that? Yeah, I've I've certainly encountered that too. And it feels weird. It's shocking almost. You're like, really? Because I thought we were friends because I'm I'm over here rooting for you and I'm liking your stuff too. And I'm I'm in meetings talking about you and your work Mm. and I'm recommending you and I'm being out going out to bat for you. And I think it's really important to kind of, I would almost like put yourself in a bit of a zorb, like, you know, put yourself in a bit of a disco ball around those things because it's really easy when people start bringing what they're feeling to our table when actually that's not our responsibility to do that. And it's not cold, heartless and bitchy to be like, that's your shit, piss off, because you shouldn't be using that kind of language. (laughs) But what I mean by that is you don't have to be cold, heartless and bitchy about it, but you can also say, like, there's glass doors there. So I I really hope you don't feel like that soon. Mm-hmm. But I can't, I'm not sorry you feel like that because I've got nothing to apologise for because I'm just out here living my life. I'm trying to pay my rent, I'm trying mm-hmm. to feed my family. I'm trying to like, you know, save up to go on that holiday. Mm-hmm. There's no malice in this. And it's interesting because I think as well, it's the fact that we don't know what everyone's personal triggers yeah. are. And if we did, we wouldn't post anything. Yeah, I exactly. think it's one of those things where, you know, you're putting a selfie up of you and your boyfriend on holiday, for example. You don't know if that person on Instagram following you has just had a horrible breakup. Like you could be a comparison trigger yeah. in, 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 in so many different ways yeah. and you're never aware of it. Yeah, and it hurts too, especially if, uh, you know, friendships can fade because of it. But I heard this great expression. I wish I could find a reference for it and I will try and find it. But this has just helped me just kind of contain and not leak my energy out there too and take responsibility for other people's feelings. But it's love many, trust few, always paddle your own canoe. Mm, and then that sounds that. so trite. It's like something like Ross from Friends would say or something. It's not exactly kind of like you're not going to yeah. find that it's not necessarily highbrow but that does a lot for me in that I can only engage with anything halfway I can only go halfway and although it can be painful when we are identified as a trigger the intention always leads doesn't it 
I know I'm not going out there saying, ha something else to make you people jealous. You know, I'm ne- that's never going to come from me. If anything's taken as a source of jealousy, I can't take responsibility for it. Mm-hmm. And I also know that the way that the world and society is rising at the moment is that we absolutely have got to be careful that we're not available for it. I, you know, I don't want to stop what I'm doing and another, another woman not see it and then not be inspired by it. And, you know, so for example, I've been told I'm a comparison trigger, but then like the next day I was told by one of my clients that she sits down and her, she and her daughter binge my YouTube videos mm-hmm. and her daughter's like seven. And so if I wasn't making those YouTube videos or putting myself out there, little one wouldn't be kind of sitting there with you know her little glass of juice Mm. another woman speaking and you know confidently on something and being seen too this brings back so many feelings of when comparison is really strong Mm. and that is for for me it was when I was much younger and thinking about being young now in this world of the Las Vegas of of triggers that's um yeah I hope there's more I hope there's more resource for this as we go on yeah I do too and I do it's interesting I do talk at schools and I actually sometimes Skype into the classrooms Aww. and there'll be you know younger people there and I'll take questions and I'll workshop with them just in that way so it's kind of like cool kind of that digital allows us to do that but I think women and those that identify as women that you know our voices being heard consistently is really important and Unfortunately, there are scenarios where there's no, often there's not an intention to hurt, but the result is still the same. You know, I've had like emails, I'm like, hold on a second, is you, are you stabbing me in the back? So I'm kind of nine paragraphs into this, and you're talking a lot about yourself and how it made you feel. And, and it's very weird, funky energy that that brings with it too, because mm. I saw another thing online where I seem to get all my information, which is, <laughs> um, what is it? Honesty without tact is cruelty. Yeah. So if you're going to give someone feedback, be really sure that they do actually need to hear it or are you looking for an emotional punch bag? Because I'll tell you what, I'm not available to be anyone's emotional punch bag. Mm. And yes, I'm nice. Yes, I'm Lucy and Leeds. But if I have to like bare my teeth, mm. it's not pretty. Liz Gilbert wrote about that before, about how you shouldn't necessarily allow that person to be like the brutally honest friend Mm. like Mm. I think we've probably all had one in the past where it's like I'm going to be brutally honest with you and it's like hang on a minute I haven't asked for that (laughs) and like that really hurts unsolicited is the worst as well Mm. especially if you feel like you're on a good run but I think it's um you know if you're going to give the feedback check yourself because you are about to cross a bridge you may not come back Mm. you might not return with a friendship from and when did you discover this magic superpower of having really good boundaries i would say in the last couple of years or so because i think i ended up with basically you know sort of having adrenal fatigue because i leaked energy everywhere and i realized that one of the examples i realized that I, I didn't have good boundaries was um i think i was at a book signing or something and someone had come up to me saying hey next time you're in london let's go for coffee and then i thought hold on what we've we've never met and um, what makes that person so comfortable that he feels like he that I will go for coffee with him? Now it might be I'm just really personable and approachable. That they're nice attributes, absolutely. But something's not right there. If, for example, my cousin knows that I'm too busy for co- the coffee, and she's not getting in touch with me, and a stranger isn't. Mm. Same goes with I don't know if you're the same. I mean, like I tend to get a lot of messages in my inbox on Facebook. People say, "Hi, how are you doing? I really love your stuff. Anyway, how did you get your book deal? Or how? What would you do if you're in my situation?" this business because another part of my work is a brand mentor so Mm. I help businesses 
do all you know get all the things that comparison might let them have so self-focus confidence making money it's a big part of my business helping entrepreneurs make money and I'll get in my inbox around oh could you just tell me how you'd approach this or what would you write in this presentation I thought something about me is making people think I'm available for this and I'm not so how I kind of came to it is I, it became very, very obvious that I was always becoming a yes person. So I started flexing the, the muscle of no mm-hmm. and it being unapologetic as well. So I'll share with you like my, my, how the exact sort of things I did and have done now to have good boundaries. Not so that I'm a frosty bitch, <laughs> but just so that I can live a happy life as much as possible mm-hmm. is get comfortable saying no. And being like, no, thank you, but I wish you all the best with it. Also, um, backing out of things, you know, when I've said yes and I want to say no, actually following up with a no and things like, I know that I committed to this. I'm afraid I can no longer commit to it. I know this is going to cause disruption. Please let me know what I can do to help ease this, but I'm afraid I can't attend. And notice it's very clear. Mm. It's kind, it's respectful, but there's no groveling apology I've not written nine paragraphs about oh it's train delays and I've got I've not got cover for my dog and all this it's just because they don't care they just Mm. need to know the information so true and it's just letting it land Mm -hmm. just let it land because I think women especially have a lot of superfluous emotive kind of communication that goes into things a great book that helped me with it too is Tara Moa's M-O-H-R her book Playing Big great as an audio book especially um but when it comes to boundaries it's being like I say kind and clean but just shutting it down so it's not really a conversation yeah it frees up so much energy it frees up so much energy and also what is great is that when you get great boundaries it's not just people don't think oh she's frosty or you don't get anything out of her they think you'll get a straight answer out of Lucy or you know what with Emma you'll get a straight answer out of Emma so it doesn't mean Mm. people stop asking it's just they get more select with it you'll get much more considered offers questions invitations Mm. you'll get given a lot more notice for things as well yeah oh yeah and people don't like take the mick but I feel as well this is something that I've just discovered but you might not agree I don't know I've recently embraced the power of I don't need to reply yeah because I don't think people should expect us to be 100% available like I'm not surprised if like my dentist doesn't come back to me to confirm for a few days so why should I be surprised yeah. if my best friend does and I think so, that's and when it. did it become normal that yeah. you had to reply within a few hours absolutely and and that's the thing it's it's that's a corporate hangover or corporate construction of the immediacy like if I haven't heard from you you're not paying attention which is bullshit so actually so this is a great workaround for people if you um uh, this especially where I especially recommend this to my entrepreneur friends and clients. But even if personally, get it on your personal Yahoo email, have an out of office on, mm-hmm. and it and my out of office says, "Thanks so much for being in touch. I'm enjoying a really busy period. Due to the volume of emails I get, please note the following: first bullet point. If you're a client, ignore this message. I'll be back to you soon. Second, if you want to be a client, um, I'll pass this on to my team. They'll be in touch with you to arrange a call." Third, if you're a media, um, uh, if you're a media owner, or you'd like to book me to speak, um, I'll get back to you within three days. Fourth, if you're looking for basic, if you're looking for free advice, or you have a question, please re- check out my blog and Instagram. Boom. And and again, thank you so much for being in touch. Yeah. Now I often will get around to those questions. If someone has a question for me and it arrives in my Instagram inbox or you know my inbox itself, I'll get around to them. But it's something I might do like on a Sunday afternoon while I'm having a coffee, mm. and it actually feels very joyful. I so love I that. Do that I love socially. That. Yeah. And it and then you treat like, it as like a bit of a, like 
you time oh completely because you're really able to give of yourself but that's an immediate um that's another boundary in place too but it might be if you've got a personal inbox for example and your friends are in this you know 10 group multi threaded <laughs> party like hen like hendu threads mm. are that such a nightmare oh to God, keep yeah. on to aren't they how many pairs of pants should yeah, I exactly <laughs> um but having that out of office on even your personal saying i only check this email address twice a week if it's urgent please text me the end mm. and everyone gets it too um and it's not because you might busy. do it as an associate experiment yeah try it out because it's not because i'm so busy and i'm so important far from it but it's people will expect to hear from you if you don't manage the expectations do you still check it in between it's just like it's an external sort of yeah awesome safety net almost. totally but also in terms of like the way i work i do a lot of my work whether i'm kind of speaking somewhere if i'm on if i i see a lot of clients on skype because i've got clients in america and berlin and all over the world so if i'm on skype having a, a coaching session with a client i am not anywhere near my inbox app might be on my mac I am in they've paid for my time my insight I'm completely undistracted so that means I might check my emails twice a day and I'll talk to clients and I'll say you know how focused I am on you same goes with other clients too um so if it takes me 24 hours I'm gonna ask you to bear with me or you can whatsapp me Mm-hmm. and if you know so that's a condition of working me I, I allow like whatsapp support so for example i've got some messages that i haven't replied to on my whatsapp at the moment and i'll say i know you've seen two blue ticks but i'm on the tube mm-hmm. I want, and i'll come back to you yeah. as soon as i can isn't it interesting that there's that's another layer of communication in this modern age yeah. is like i know you've seen it i know yeah. you've seen that i'm online it's yeah. like that is a new that is quite new isn't it yeah to have to then factor in the whole don't want you to think I'm ignoring you. Absolutely. And yet, equally, even if you are ignoring me, that's fine because I'm not entitled to your attention. Mm -hmm. Because if you're online, you know, on Google Maps, for example, or trying to confirm a reservation somewhere when you're about to go meet your partner, you're not going to text me back about, like, whether you're coming on Saturday. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a big part of this for me, Em, is can we all just give each other a bit more of the benefit of the doubt? Mm -hmm. Can I just give you a couple of days so that knowing that you'll give me a couple of days as well? Yeah, (laughs) and I think it's mutual respect because actually, as much as you have that relationship with your clients and they might not be able to be contacted for a few days either sure. and no one takes advantage as well yeah. and i think that's it it's mutual respect mutual trading know that you're always it's also seeing it's like trading like you make a deposit you take you make a withdrawal you make a deposit you make a withdrawal do i want to be someone that people reply out of boredom or fear to no <laughs> absolutely not no. i experience anxiety here and there the last thing I need to do is be anywhere near anything online if I'm having a bit of an episode. If I've got a couple of days where I just need to look after myself, mm-hmm. then I'm, I'll do that. So I also think a really big important part of this too is give yourself the credit that people know you're doing your best. And they'll know that if it takes a couple of days, they'll be for good reason. It's mm-hmm. not because you just can't be asked. I really no. like all of the mental health conversations at the moment because I know we've got a long way to go still, but um, a friend of mine recently WhatsApp me and she yeah. was just like, I can't come tonight um and it was quite like last minute she, i think it was like an hour before we were going to meet and she was just like i'm having i'm having some mental health issues today i'm just having a really really mm. bad day and i was like oh my god i'm so proud of you for saying mm. that because that means that actually that friend has made up excuses in the past yeah and it was the first time she felt like to anyone she could admit the truth and yeah it's good it's good and to it's talk really, it's, it's really good to talk and it's really grown up as well isn't it to be like i'm just going to be fully responsible for how i'm feeling mm. and not tell the odd fib to get out of things too and the more we do it the more we'll get it back from other people too and you're like wow this communication's really clean 
Like, it feels really clean. It's not yeah. emotional. I'm comfortable saying it. I'm not wincing when I press click, mm. um, send, or click, you know, leave message. And I'm equally not dreading seeing their name pop back to me because I flew off the handle or whatever on the other side of things. I think, yeah, just being kind to each other and just treating each other as we'd like to be treated, actually, I think it's really important, especially in the workplace, too, because things can be so snippy. And if you can be the exception to the rule, people will just gravitate towards you. Yeah. You know, because I don't, like... I can tell when someone's... You know when people say, fire off an email and just quickly... So I hate it. I When I receive a fired-off email, I'm like, I wish I hadn't bothered. Mm. You know, you're not even using full sentences. You've spelt your own name wrong. <laughs> so if you were thinking making to make me feel validated and appreciated, like, I don't... <laughs> Yeah, I know. I I think I'm quite guilty of sending off a quick email. I think it's one of those things where, yeah, it's like you have to just imagine if you were receiving it. Like, it's yeah. not not great. So, just lastly, I always ask my guests at the end, "What are you excited about mm. in the next coming months, or maybe even 2018? Like, mm. where's your head at?" Oh gosh, I I love this question because I've actually been making sure that I don't have to wait. And what I mean by that is. I'm looking forward to having more fun. I'm also looking forward to um, enjoying the fruits of labour. You know, so I set out last year to build a certain business and I'm in, I'm running that business now and I have a team and it's growing and it's, it feels like such a great time. And I also want to make sure I'm enjoying this because it wasn't too long ago this was sitting on my vision board and I was like, one day, one day. Mm -hmm. And now I want to be enjoying that. But also just from feedback I've had, I want to take the message wider. So for me, what I'm really forward to is more speaking and getting on bigger stages um going into more schools going into more brands you know brand collaborations is something that um i'm been getting more indicators of more invitations to do and i think goodness if i actually proactively went out to people and said hey can i collaborate with you i'm all about comparison and self-focus and self-confidence what can we do i think that could lead to some really creative conversations Mm, so yeah i was it was interesting i just got back from la and i was like you know what next year I'm going to be getting on planes to do work and it's not going to feel like work. That was something, that was like one of the promises I made for myself. So wanting to keep um, up and really loving the one-to-one work I'm doing, but I'm just so ready to be, I'm ready to be seen. And I say this as in like, not I'm so important, it's about time, but it's, women hide, it's really easy to hide online. Mm. And I'm really ready to be seen and challenged and stimulated and just take this message further. And I'm going to give myself permission to do it because for a little while I've been waiting for someone else to go on Lucy go on no I'm going to do it myself and just see what happens because whatever does happen I'll certainly enjoy the ride and I'll definitely learn something I love that I think that's such an important message because I totally resonate with that I think sometimes you're at a bit of a fork in the road and you're like should I self-sabotage myself a little bit just because I'm scared of taking the 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 route of being seen and actually it's definitely a good route to take yeah absolutely and I think the more you do it the more you can you realize that people are there for you and they'll say oh you know could I run this past you or would you check this email for me or am I mad for doing this and you know having and curating a circle of people that will back you not like an echo chamber where you just got loads of yes people but then say Lucy go for it Lucy don't wait till the weekend now I'm lucky that one of those people in my life is my husband, double mm. Scorpio, mm-hmm. who does not like me not believing myself, and I get a really big telling off if I ever, kind I of, if that. ever leaks out. But um, yeah, I think the a big realization for me is we we are each, where whoever you are, it is multiple people are loving you, supporting you, and protecting you with everything they've got. Like they would take a bullet for you at lunchtime if it, it came to it, and yet we never ask for help or we never ask for support. 
And it's really important that we do that because sometimes we can feel like life is so solo and so on our own. And I really, really want to be walking that talk more. Like, let the people that want to love me so much, let them do that by having them help me. Mm. You know, not having to carry all the load. Because, yes, we can do everything. But if we're not careful, as my client says, we can end up looking like roller skating octopuses. (laughs) That's what Corinne, that's her line. I absolutely love that. But, yeah, I think it's really important. You're so loved, you're so protected, you're so supported. We keep tricking ourselves that we're not special. It's really annoying. That's a really, really good note to end on. Mm. I like that. I feel very calm. Thank you so, so much. Thank you for having me, Emma. Thank you.